special spontaneous life lessons with Mikey Messier. I want to thank uh, psychic medium Angelo for distributing the show. And uh, I'm going to get right into it. So on this episode, we're going to talk specifically about screenwriting. Screenwriting. Now, some of you um, have an interest in this. Some of you may not. And for those that do have an interest in screenwriting, you might be wondering, how would I even get started with screenwriting? I would say the first thing I can advise is to have the proper tools to accomplish what you're looking to do. If you're looking to write a screenplay that can be read by uh, what they call industry professionals, which would be other you know, film producers, potential directors, potential actors, uh, agents, managers, film screenplay contests, write your script in Final Draft. Now, Final Draft is a program. It's not the same as Final Cut. Final Cut is an editing, editing program once you film something. Final Draft is for writing. How do you know what a Final Draft screenplay looks like? Uh, for those on the video version of this, it looks like this. Uh, things are um, formatted in a special way. It's not rocket science. It really isn't. I mean, for years, you know, people wrote screenplays um, without the benefit of Final Draft or any other screenplay formatting program. If you ever saw the movie Barton Fink <laughs> with uh, John Turturro and um, uh, John, the big guy, a uh, guy from uh, Roseanne, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, God, I can't think of the guy's name. But basically, Barton Fink is very funny because the guy's trying to write a screenplay and he keeps getting interrupted by the guy next door. Uh, so anyway, you want to write a script. You want to have the good formatting. Now, some people would say, well, Mike, you can just get Celtics. Celtics is another screenplay uh, system, you know, a program that's free. <sighs> My point is always this. Um... If you want to do something professionally, sometimes you have to bite the bullet and pay the price. And in this case, you know, final draft is usually between somewhere between 120 and 200 bucks. I'm not getting any commission if you buy it or not. I'm just trying to save you some time and some frustration. I've had plenty of friends who've written plenty of screenplays and other formats, and then the, invariably they come around to final draft anyway. And once you've got your screenplay written in some other format, and you have to transfer it to Final Draft, that may or may not be a pain in the ass. So I'm just trying to save you some life troubles, okay? Don't argue with me. Um, well, now what's the next thing? Uh, I, I like the idea of reading uh, screenwriting books. There are many out there. I think the best ones uh, off the top of my head, uh, Sid Field has got some great uh, screenplay books, S-Y-D Field, I guess it's F-I-E-L-D, um, Screenplay Writing the Picture by Rusin and Downs is a book that I discovered um, used by the CDIA, Center for Digital Imaging Arts in Waltham, Massachusetts. Uh, that's a really good screenwriting book. Um, what other screenwriting books? There's plenty. I mean, there's there's one, Robert McKee. If you ever saw the movie Adaptation with Nicolas Cage, um, you can. <laughs> there's a parody of, of, of Robert McKee in that one, which is pretty damn funny. 
Um, but McKee's got some bo good books. He's very heavy-handed with his opinions. Uh, he quotes and he loves the screenplay to the movie Chinatown, which is a great film. It might be a little dated at this point. Um, there's other books like Alternative Screenwriting that I've had for a couple of years. Uh, you know, there's all, there's all types of wonderful books. You can also take online classes. Uh, Masterclass, uh, Masterclass.com has got some good uh, screenplay uh, writing classes on there. If you can take a class with real life people, uh, when that becomes a possibility again, I suggest that. I took a great class at University of Rhode Island uh, with a guy, I think his name was Christopher Menschel, if I get his name right, nice guy. And uh, he was a screenwriting teacher. And when I first got writing screenplays, I was taking this class and learning a lot. Um, now, what are some things I can tell you if you've already written a screenplay or if you are in the creative process? Uh, there's an old expression, a wonderful expression, kill your darlings. Uh, kill your darlings is, is just an expression that I'm not sure who originated that, if uh, whoever it was, but it's a great expression because it basically means that writers tend to hold on to things that they deem precious and uh, cute and beloved, and sometimes those things are just not good for the story. They're just not good for the script. They're not good for the dialogue. They're not good for the character. Something about that darling, whatever it is, is holding you and your story back. So if you kill your darling, uh, it could be a character. It could be, um, for instance, you could have written a story that has, uh, you know, three brothers. And you're basing this on the fact that you grew up in a family where you had two brothers and you were the third brother. So you want to have three brothers in your story and you're insistent. And then somebody like me comes along and points out, hey, you know what? Those two other brother characters could easily be merged into one supporting character. You'd have a really strong supporting character instead of two weaker characters. And the, the person who created these three brothers may not want to hear that because, oh, I had two brothers and blah, 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 and I've named the characters after my real-life brothers and all this crap. Well, the reality is you're holding yourself back and you're holding the potential for your script back. So what else? Um, you know, that tends to be a thing with a lot of writers, uh, beginning writers especially, is that they write something that's supposedly fiction, but they're basing it on their own lives. And and when they do that, they're expecting that the fictional narrative should subscribe to everything that is has happened to them in real life. So they're really not writing. They're writing uh, in order to honor what really happened. Well, that's not honoring the reader or the potential filmmakers that are going to help you make this project happen. So my advice... Uh, a very simple note is to change the names of real-life people to fictional names. Uh, first of all, never use someone's real last name and real first name. But if you're going to base uh, characters for legal purposes, but if you're going to do that in your writing, if you have an aunt, uh, Janie, who was a real pain in your ass when you grew up, don't write a character named Aunt Janie. Because not only do you have possible legal ramifications if this thing ever gets made, but you also have the fact that you're going to limit your imagination um, to whatever Janie did in real life. 
So you have to change the names that frees yourself up. Uh, other advice I can give you is, um, you know, have fun with it. Here, here's, a, here's an interesting piece of advice. Uh, be careful about asking too many people for their opinions on your writing when you're first getting started. When you're, when you're in the middle of your first draft, if you start sending out, you know, piecemeal pages of your script to people, expecting them to read it or give you feedback, when you put people in a position to give you feedback, people naturally feel inclined to improve or change what you've written. So a lot of times people, when they're asking for feedback, and I do this myself, what you're really looking for is validation. You're looking for people to tell you that your script is great. You're looking for people to tell you that you're a good writer or that you put your time in or that you have a good idea. So you're looking for that pat on the back that we all want. Or, you know, there's a expression that I have that, you know, everybody in the film industry is, is looking for daddy's uh, pat on the back, you know, more so than mommy's hug. You know, everybody in the film industry, at least the independent film industry that I've worked in for the most part, has a daddy complex. We're all looking for daddy's approval. So if you're writing two or three pages or 10 or 20 pages and sending those pages out to somebody else to read before you're finished with your screenplay or your novel, whatever it is, what you're really inviting is people to screw up your work, to screw up your process. So I would advise, if at all possible, get through your first script, your first draft, on your own, before asking for anybody's help. Just a thought. Um, next thing is uh, collaboration. Now, here's, here's one that's always a wonderful pain in the ass. A lot of people want to co-write. They think it's a fun adventure. <laughs> that's something they'll do with their buddies. Um... We'll write a script together. Inevitably, this usually turns sour because people have different writing styles or they're uh, different levels of being a writer or they find different things funny. And writing together is a good invitation to stall out on a project because uh, you find yourself debating, especially if it's... I mean, it's, it's really no way to win in a co-write. Very, I mean, there are co-writers, the Farley brothers or whoever, who have been very successful, don't get me wrong. But in a lot of situations that I've been in myself, you have ego, you have people who have different takes on the characters. Uh, one writer is relating more to one character, seeing that character as the protagonist, and the other person sees the other person as a protagonist. I have been in a few successful co-writes but normally that's when the other person lets me write the whole goddamn thing and pays me so for the most part the best co-writing experiences i've had are when somebody just pays me to write the damn thing on my own and they throw in their two cents or their suggestions or if they see something going they don't like they tell me to change it and i do um but you know co-writing is is for the for, for the me i've been soured on it uh, a couple of times in a couple of ways um, and you know and here's a big thing that I'll say and you, you may or may not listen but if you are going to take part of a co-writing experience for at least a feature film have something in paper that explains who owns this script and who walks away with it if you if you and the other writer split up 
co-writing, uh, it can be done. Some people will listen to me and still do everything I, uh, do everything wrong, but that's fine. Um, I'm going to pour a little tea for myself as you contemplate all the wonderful words I've been saying so far. Now, we're, what I really wanted to start doing when I was rolling this tape uh, for this special Life Lessons with Mikey Messier, and I do want to thank everyone who gave me kudos and grandi hood for the first episode, which was about, what the hell was it about? It was about me and my acting career. I'm going to pour tea now. And look, all of this is in one take. Uh, thanks for the positive feedback on episode one of Life Lessons. A lot of people were enjoying it. It was about my um, story with Sybil Shepherd, Wesley Snipes, and Mario Van Peebles. And I'm going to drink my tea. Here's to me. Okay, next thing. This is... I think I'm going to wrap up. Um, right now, I wrote a script years ago. Hasn't really done anything. Not many people have seen it. It has won one award, which is interesting. That The script won an award, I believe, from the Mediterranean Film Festival. And the script, even though it won an award... I have felt that this script, something could be done differently with it. And recently, well, actually about a year ago, I started writing the same script, the same story, rewriting it as a novel. And I got to a point where I just stopped. That was last summer. Went through a bunch of things in my life. Put the script down. I'm picking it up now, and I got to a certain point in this story where I feel like, man, there's a whole, about a third of this script I don't like. And the, the script takes places takes place in three sections. Uh, we'll just call it, you know, past. Uh, we'll call it before, after, and during a certain situation the lead character is in. And in the in the after section, I find that it's a cliche. The, the movie becomes like a road movie, a, a, a chase movie, a crime thing. And I feel I feel like this is just not. It's always been my least favorite part of the script. And I wrote it at the time, thinking of a certain guy to play the lead, uh, certain uh, locations that could have been used, certain elements, certain co-stars or cameos. I was thinking of all these elements, trying to put them into this script. And it serviced the thing for a while, but now, a couple of years later, I'm looking at this script, and I just don't think it works. So I'm literally going through... And the, the circled parts are stuff that I'm keeping, like that stuff in Sharpie. Those are little bits of dialogue. But I'm quite literally taking a pair of scissors, folks, and I'm cutting up the script. Like, I have this 90-page script, and I'm using this pair of scissors to, to cut out the cancerous elements. Like, like basically, I'm just going through the script, and now, granted... I have more than one copy of the script, so don't worry. You know, I can always go back. Uh, now, during this time of worldwide crisis, um, we have downtime, and we have time to do this crazy shit. You know, like, this is like paper mache. This is like old school. I'm literally going through my story, and I'm, I'm chopping up pages, and I'm circling things that I like from the pages I'm getting rid of. But I'm... I mean, here's pages that are being cut and, and thrown to the floor in disgust. Um, now, granted, I could always go back to this version of the script. I could always salvage it and go back to it. But I just find that 
what I'm trying to do is um, chop out the stuff I don't like from this script and uh, give myself, give my brain a few days to reboot and, and have that negative space to fill with new stuff. So I thought that was kind of an interesting process. Uh, you know, to, to literally, quite literally, go through and chop up the fucking script and, and slice things out. So I find it interesting. Maybe you don't. Um, so what else can I say about screenwriting? Uh, you know, here's one thing about screenwriting. You can, you can work working on the script for a week, two weeks, a month, and somebody will say something, oh, you've been working on the script for a while. You done yet? You're never done writing the goddamn script. I mean, you go onto a movie set sometimes, and even a script that's been lucky enough to be produced, there's somebody still chop, you know, writing, writing the script and rewriting. And there's another cliche. There's three movies. The movie you write, the movie you film, and the movie you edit. Even in the editing room, you can kind of rewrite the script a little bit using the, the power of editing to manipulate some of the lines or do a voiceover. You know, I had one film... The Nature of the Flame, short film, seven minutes, and the whole the whole idea of it was let's film the visuals and then let's do a voiceover for our audio, for our dialogue. Once we filmed the visuals, I felt like we didn't need the voiceovers for the dialogue. And I told my editor and DP at the time, uh, Chris Hunter this, and he, he didn't agree. He said, I'm like, we got to get the audio. Well, we tried and it just didn't work. And there were some reasons why it didn't work. Um... The visuals of that short film were telling a story that would have been redundant uh, and almost insulting to the audience if we had done the voiceovers that I had written because we had captured visuals that were pretty much the same as the uh, dialogue. The other thing is that one of the actors involved uh, had a voice that I felt was not compelling to listen to uh, in a voiceover, that the actual voice of this actor would have d diminished the film to be honest so there you have it so there's there's always going to be rewrites and tweaks and as a writer you have to give yourself uh, you want to get your you know your baby you know your wonderful script to the point that you feel that nobody could touch a word and make it any better but realizing if this thing ever gets funded or filmed it will be touched, it will be manipulated, it will be changed to suit a location or an actor or anything else. I think I'm about done here. In case you're wondering, well, gee whiz, Mike, this is great information. Now, how do I write a script and how do I get my movie made? I guess I'll have to do another Life Lessons on that, uh, which is an entirely different thing. But this is just about the writing process. So once again, get Final Draft. Uh, a friend of mine, Joe Jaffo, I was telling him once about my, you know, problems with people who don't want to get final draft screenwriting, and Joe said it was like um, the music industry, and there's a certain program that musicians use, I'm trying to remember the name of it, uh, for, for music, for producing music, there's a certain, you know, recording system, uh, you know, Music Pro or something, and he was telling me that when people don't want to use that program, he knows that they're idiots and they're just not going to go anywhere. And that's how I feel about Final Draft. Others might disagree. Anyway, the most important thing is to write your script, have fun with it, uh, mikemessier.com, etc., etc. I am available, believe it or not, 
for screening, screenwriting consultation. If you've written a script or if you want to start writing a script and you want someone to bounce ideas off of or get more personal advice, you can contact me through my website, the contact. It's very simple, MikeMessier.com. Okay, Mike Messier saying thanks again to uh, the Wrestling with the Future podcast uh, team, uh, Angelo Psychic Medium, uh, the Refs Roundtable, uh, Wrestling with the Future for distributing Life Lessons with Mikey Messier, Episode 2. Uh, next time, Episode 3, if you have any uh, suggestions, write to me via MikeMessier.com with suggestions, what you want to hear about on Life with the Future.